It is impossible for me to think about Pentecost without thinking about our trip to Israel. Just recently, we went and we spent some time in Jerusalem. And we were able to walk the paths that the disciples walked, the paths that Jesus walked. And we were able to see the location where we believe the original Pentecost moment that we celebrate today in our Christian church together. We were able to be there in those very places, um, and it was a powerful journey. So at the, at the original story that we read from in our Acts passage today, um, of this moment of Pentecost, of this moment of the power of the Holy Spirit being made known through the violent wind um, and through the tongues of fire and all of that happened in Jerusalem. The disciples were gathered in a location nearby the temple and they, as soon as this moment happened while they were praying that morning, they made their way to the temple because this was the place where a lot of people who follow the Jewish, Jewish faith were gathered already for this big festival because Pentecost time was all, is already a Jewish festival. So we have all of these people from all over the world who have gathered, who speak different languages, all following the Jewish faith, who've come to the Holy Temple, to the Mount there um, to pray. And so it would be a natural place for them to come to these steps, these Southern teaching steps, um, the place where Jesus himself taught, the place where Jesus himself learned from other rabbis to come and to ask the questions, what is going on? What is this noise? How are these people speaking the language that I can understand when that's not their native tongue? So it's this place that we see um, these beautiful steps where people sit and gather to hear this original sermon from Peter. And then what is down below? Lots and lots of ritual baths, the mikvahs. Lots of them available that were used to be entered into the temple, but then are now used for the baptism of over 3,000 people. What a powerful image, um, and I'm glad to be able to share those images with you today. So what is the meaning of the Pentecost story for us today? Now, Walter Brueggemann wrote these words, and I found them very helpful. He said, Pentecost is a moment when gestation ceases and birthing occurs. Thus, it's both an end and a beginning, the leaving behind of that which is past and the launching forth into that which is now only beginning to be. Pentecost, therefore, is not a time of completion. It's moving forward into new dimensions of being where basic forms are clear, but whose fulfillment has yet to be realized. You know, this is helpful because we often talk about Pentecost being the birth of the church. Um, this is the day we celebrate and we sing happy birthday um, to the big, big church, the entire Christian church. So it's fun. It's a fun day because um, it's a day that we can use a lot of visuals, um, a day when we see fire and flame, flaming tongues of fire and we are able to um, play with the wind and think about um, the rushing wind that comes through. Uh, all of these things are really fun to relive. And it's also a great day because we get to just hone in on the Holy Spirit. You know, often our sermons, of course, are about Jesus and Jesus's life. And often our sermons are about God and the nature of God. But yet the Holy Spirit, sometimes um, we don't get to really focus on that aspect um, of our triune God, of our, our God who is in the Trinity. But today we pay attention 
to the Holy Spirit. So I wonder about these questions. How do we pay attention to the movement of the Holy Spirit? How is it that we can focus on where we see God moving around us? How do we even know that the Spirit of God is among us? You know, the Spirit of God comes in this very visual way on this Pentecost day. But we have to recreate that in our worship. It's not like we see flaming tongues of fire every day. Or hear, a, hear about a rushing wind that comes through and think, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. We think, oh, that's a gale force wind. So how do we even know when the Spirit of God is among us? And last, how do we respond when we recognize that movement of the Spirit? Because it's more than just hearing it and knowing it, but what do we do with that? So this Pentecost story begins with the disciples gathered in prayer. But yet, one of the mysteries is, once this power of the Spirit comes through, they can't stay in that room any longer. They are driven out of that space where they have been gathered with the people that they know, the people that they trust, the people that, they, that have followed in the footsteps of Jesus, out into the masses, into the community of all the others who are still yet to understand and learn the story of Jesus, the gospel message. And so they are out of the walls of the temple. They are outside of their homes. They are in the streets, um, on the steps, and joining others in this community. So when a community gathers, there are a lot of reasons that we gather together in community. There's a lot of reasons that we might come together just for our own sake, and not necessarily um, for a spirit-filled reason. You know, being together is fun, and it is something that is important for us to do as a large community. But when a spirit-filled community is working together for God, that's when we change the world. That's when God changes the world through us. You know, a Pentecost faith is not one that is solitary. A Pentecost faith is one that is not just shared in a small room with our own small group of the people that we choose. A Pentecost faith is a faith that is in the midst of all of the chaos, whether we like it or not. A Pentecost faith is within, includes lots of people who think differently than we do, who understand their Bibles differently than we do, people who look different than we do, who speak different languages than we do. This Pentecost faith is one that pays attention to the power of the Holy Spirit and that spirit that brings the gale-force wind that terrifies us and the fire that could burn us. A Pentecost faith means being receptive to the powerful winds of the Spirit that push us into places that we don't want to go. It's a faith that has movement, a 
a faith of activity, of sharing the gospel message with our words, with actually speaking the words of the message to other people, which makes us completely uncomfortable and, and make, puts us in a position where we just really won't, don't want to be. So few of us um, want to really share with strangers or with our friends what God means to us, what the message of redemption means in our lives and who Jesus has been and how Jesus has shown up, shown up for us in our own lives. You know, this message of the Pentecost story, of living this Pentecost faith, is frightening. It's jarring. And it is much easier just to set it aside and ignore it and move on to the next best thing. So is the current church as flexible as the ancient church was to adapt to where the Spirit is calling us? Or do we insist on the Spirit working within our institution or within our traditional methods? Are we trapped by the rules that we create for ourselves? Or are we as adept to the Spirit as they were in Jerusalem. These questions come from this podcast that I listen to a lot of times when I'm preparing for a sermon. It's called Pulpit Fiction, and it's one of those deep dive lectionary podcasts. So if you're a Bible geek like me, you may really enjoy this podcast. But they ask a lot of really good questions, and I thought I'd ask them of us today. Do we truly allow the Spirit to guide us? Or is the Spirit in the back seat? My question expounds upon this, you know, are, is our church always seeking and asking for the guiding of the Spirit? Or are we working so hard that we put the Spirit in the back seat? Next question is, are we willing to be led by the Spirit without knowing the destination? That's a hard one. When we think about these early disciples, they didn't know where they were going to end up. They didn't know that they would end up at the mikvahs baptizing 3,000 people. But yet that's where they ended up that day. By following our, the Spirit, the Spirit that is deep within us, that's in, within our community, that is within our church, we go trusting that God will provide without even knowing the end of the story. Can we be led out of the temple and into the wilderness? Are we a people that are willing to leave the temple and go into the unknown? knowing and trusting that God is there with us, knowing and trusting that the Spirit is our guide. You know, I want to be a part of a congregation that thinks like this, that relies on the Spirit in these powerful ways. And I'm already a part of a congregation that does that. I would love to see what our church, this church, can become 
if we do that more, if we seek out the power of the Spirit, if each one, is, each one of us individually and collectively do this work, that's when the world has changed. And that's when we always say, thanks be to God.